Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles. We win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 1234 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stauffer live in the Hall of Fame room in Ice District at Rogers Place. It is a Tuesday. That means Stauffer and Spectre for the horses. Live racing out at Century Mile, out in Nisku Saturdays and Sundays. We bring aboard Mark Spectre. Hello, Mark. Let's just turn this one up. Uh, What's going on, Bobby? All right. So here's the question we're getting right now. People can text us at 630-630 on our Heartland Ford text line. Uh, and again, uh, we had, uh, we'll mention to you, Speck's going to do the show 1230 to 130. Al May, who played with uh, Dave Tippett, uh, will join us at 135. We had Ken Holland on roughly at about 1135 to 1145. And then Dave Tippett on 1148 to uh, 1158. But, Spec, the question we're going to get here is, one of the questions we're getting is, why is it going to be different with this experienced head coach Mm -hmm. versus, I mean, Todd McClellan, I think you and me both think he's a really good coach. Ken Hitchcock, the numbers speak for themselves with Hitch. What makes it different? That's the question we're getting texted us right now, 630-630, with Dave Tippett, with another experienced head coach. Well, I, that's a very fair question. Like, it's not – I've said this before on this show. It's, it's not a lock with one key. It's not only one coach that could coach this team. But what I will say is we learned with Todd McClellan is why did Todd fail here? He didn't have the players, right? It doesn't matter how good a coach you are if you don't have the players. So Ken Holland will be the one, in my eyes, that decides if Dave Tippett can be successful. You think Todd McClellan didn't want to get the goals against down, Bob? You know he did, right? You think Todd McClellan didn't want some structure? Right? You know he did. Did you not want some support scoring? Of course he did. He didn't have any of that from his teams here. And Tippett will want the same things. It's up to the GM to provide him with players who can deliver. So Holland has a reputation for being a pragmatic 
man who's a planner, you know, over-percolate was a term used in Detroit. Now, they could afford to do that, coming off of the heels of a a non-cap system and having a lot of their players entrenched. Now, they had to get their money numbers down for 05, 06, because they're up around $60 on a $39 million. When you're winning, it's easy to over-percolate because you don't need the players. Right. You've got good ones already. And when you're struggling, there's always pressure to get going. Of course. So, here's here's a couple scenarios that I want to discuss with you a bit, okay? So, Pete Shirelli comes in, did he, you know, history might suggest he did too much. He would have been better off just picking at 16 and 33 instead of trading for Reinhardt. That's a given. Sure. The Hall-Larsen t- trade worked in the first year of the deal. The orders dramatically improved defensively. But in the second year of the deal, Taylor Hall not only became an all-star, he became the MVP of the league. Yeah. So that's one that people look back at and go, well, that was a very good trade. Uh, even though Adam Larson's a very useful NHL player. What, what plan of attack would you have with this tandem, with Holland and Tippett together regarding this Oilers? Because you just said the personnel isn't good enough. Well, I think, first of all, it's a veteran coach who knows the league and knows the kind of players he wants for himself to be successful. So he's talking to Ken Holland saying, you know, I like that player. I like this player. Ken Holland comes to his coach and says, I think I might be able to shake this player loose. Do you like him? And Tippett will either say yes or no. But that's going on with every coach in GM in the league, Bob. That is not specific to Edmonton. So to me, you know, I'll be the first to admit, we thought that Peter Shirelli would come in here and make better trades, make better deals and shape a better roster. He didn't. Right? History now shows he lost too many trades. That's why he lost his job. Like That's just plain, tough reality. He lost too many trades. The Taylor Hall trade would have been great if it brought a first-round pick back with Adam Larson. We now look back and say, right? Obviously, the Reinhardt trade was a debacle. So we're counting on Ken Holland to perform. Full, full disclosure, Mark, uh, the 16 for Reinhardt, number four, two years earlier, three years earlier, I would have certainly contemplated doing that. And if I recall correctly, you're, you were a guy that supported the first year of that trade Larson for Hall. Yep. So it shows you how situations like sure. this Sure. Hey, listen, be- I, uh, I, the, the only difference is I'm not paid X million to be a National Hockey League general manager. So if I get a trade wrong, well, guess what? I'm not qualified to make that trade, and I don't make trades. So the point is we're counting on Ken Holland to be a more effective right. general manager to win trades, not just tie them or lose them, to win some trades. All right. What would you do? Uh, Dave Tippett said today that uh, he's going to first talk to the staff. That's the first step. Now, that's always the first step. The fact is guys have coaching trees, right? Jim Playfair has been part of Dave Tippett's coaching tree. Mark Lamb has been a part of yep. Dave Tippett's coaching trees. Those are the two names we're hearing. Right. Sure. Now, you take a look at Playfair. The last four years that uh, Tippett and Playfair were together in Arizona, they were a bottom five penalty killing team, which I was stunned by because when I think of Dave Tippett, I think, what did he do? He won faceoffs and he killed penalties himself as a player. He had good defensive teams, but that's really what killed those teams. That's what kept those teams out of the playoffs was how bad their PK yep. was. And what was crazy to me about it is they were a pretty good face-off team in three of those four years. Because you look at the Oilers, and part of the reason why they've stunk on the PK for two and a half seasons is they can't win a draw when it matters killing penalties. So it's a microcosm, right? Todd McCullen couldn't win here because his GM didn't get to the players. Uh, Trent Yanni, who was a fabulous... Top has, top has five PK team in Anaheim three years in a row. Excellent resume. He couldn't be a good PK coach in Edmonton because he never got enough a face-off man that could win enough draws. So Or enough saves. 
or enough saves. But I guess the point would be that that I think what we've learned here over the t- course of time, A, there's no quick fix, there's no tonic, and B, one good coach can't come in here. Like Trent, Trent Yanni's a great example, Bob. He's a wizard on the PK. His PK here wasn't any good. It was 25th when the Oilers traded Ryan Strom. It finished the year 30th. Yeah, not good and, enough. Man. And that was a trade that did not work so out for Pete. My Stroh. point would be, I don't blame Trent Yanni. There's got to be a bigger picture right. reason why it's not working. Is that fair? All right. So in terms of optimism, because there is, I you know, it's funny. There was a huge sense of optimism when the Oilers brought in the combination of Shirelli, McClellan, and Connor McDavid. Of course came, there was. Connor yeah. McD- Connor McDavid came to the organization. Can I tell you something on Connor McDavid? And I'm serious about this. Yep. As good as we all thought he was, yeah. he's actually been better than I, he's better. <laughs> he's better yeah. than we, we we could have thought in our wildest dreams. You hear so much, you know, so many guys come out and they go, "Oh, this guy's the next Gretzky, the next Crosby," and they never are. This guy really is. This guy really is. Right. Yeah. No, so sure. so that end he's of it has has come to fruition. They got another player that was the only player in the NHL last year, 50 goals and 100 points back. Mm-hmm. It's a place to start, huh, with those two guys? Yeah. What do you think he does? You know what? What do you think he does with defense? That, to me, is going to be because he talked about a five-man unit in terms of uh, the ability to transition the puck, but also in terms of to forecheck as well. In the order's current configuration, with the sixth defense that finished the year, which was Clefbaum with Larson, Nurse with Russell, and Sacro with Benny. Mm-hmm. Based on Dave Tippett's description, do you think they can forecheck that way with that group of six? Well, it's an excellent question. You know, I don't know, how would I say? Uh, Dave Tippett, we had a, just a long talk after the, the uh, podium. Dave Tippett's theory, I guess, sort of his, his raison d'etre is defend less. You know, the question was... Connor McDavid, you know, Leon Draisaitl at 100 points last year. Will he have to have less than 100 points playing your system and your structure? He said, my system is defend less, right? Get the puck back quicker. So in theory, if you defend less, maybe you get more points, Bob. So I guess to answer your question, let's say Chris Russell. Chris Russell is a... Look at the example he gave when he talked about an older veteran defenseman that was a gritty guy. Right, right. You know, and like, some young guy a, who wasn't as good defending had better numbers because he was not it, defending so much. Right, because he was in the and, offense. And I think that defines... And that's that's and that, why I go to Chris Russell. Right, that's been the question. He defends a lot. Right, and that's the issue of all the analytics guys is yeah, they're sitting there saying... defending a lot. You know what? Uh, yeah. You know. So, so you're telling me that, that you want to... Let's just throw Caleb Jones's name out there because he... Skates the puck. He can transport puck, it. Well. He transports it and he transitions it. So, you know, is that are those moves that you make? I guess let's see. Again, I will predict that the orders of that six uh, defensemen that played the final 24 games of the season together, spec. I'll predict that only four of them will be here at the start of the year. Well, okay. okay. It's interesting. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector with you. Uh, on a day in which the Edmonton Oilers named Dave Tippett as a head coach, just back to the assistants. Do you think any of the current assistants remain here? Uh, oh, boy. That's a fair question. I Listen, I don't know. For, continuity, for continuity, continuity's sake, I would have at least one. At least one guy. Yeah. Yeah, I... I I could take, like, if he hired all three of the guys from last year, to me, you yeah, know, he'd Glenn Tollinson's overqualified. Trent Yanni's a fantastic, long-time assistant coach. 
And Manny Viveros is a young up-and-coming guy who's really smart, and I like the stuff he's doing. I love talking to him. He's always got new ideas. I like all those guys, Bob. But it's not about who you and I like, it's about who Dave Tippett likes. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who the coach is comfortable with. We'll yes. take a timeout. We're live at Rogers Place in Ice District, the uh, Oilers Hall of Fame room. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Ched. Welcome back, everybody. It is 1247 in Edmonton. Bob Stoffer, Mark Spector, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Again, live racing this weekend out at Century Mile. We're in the Oilers Hall of Fame room, which has become uh, a uh, meet and greet room tonight for the uh, Carrie Underwood uh, uh, concert. So, you know, Spec, you and me might uh, get a chance to meet greatness here in the next hour and a half. I somehow doubt it. but I uh, do too, but I think that if we just kind of made ourselves part of the woodwork here and hung around until about 5.30, 6 o'clock tonight. There might be a chance. Uh, might have a chance, Bob. Some guests and Oilers now receive good certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow Sizzle to 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Sean Elford is our engineer who's been kind enough to hook us up for both the camp Holland and the Dave Tippett press conferences. All right, so spec a couple things to hit on. Just mm-hmm. uh, some uh, change in the organization, Bob. Well, why don't we? Okay, we'll go there and then we'll come back to it. That's fine. Uh, yes, <laughs> you reported that Paul Coffey. Uh, so Ken Holland has informed you that Paul Coffey will not be back as an Oilers developmental coach. Is that correct? Well, Ken Holland didn't inform me of that, but that is the case that Paul Coffey has uh, and the Oilers have parted ways. So. The change continues, right? Uh, to me, the biggest, biggest thing, the whole thing about the Ken Holland hiring, Bob, was the autonomy. And when he said to me early on, he said, I wouldn't have taken the job if I didn't have it. And then Daryl Cates sat down at the table next to him and said, he can do whatever he wants. And then we saw Craig McTavish go to the KHL, I think of his own volition. And uh, now we see Paul Coffey is Dwayne gone. Sutter. Dwayne Sutter has been... Uh, you know, they fired Dwayne Sutter. So, you know what? He wasn't just uh, talking air. He does have autonomy, and he's uh, exercising it, Bob. I think the the question with now, and I want to state this and get it out there, like the LA Kings had six different former players involved in development, and some of them did broadcasting and development. Like yeah, that's Jared, they Jared's, had a neat They sort of there. rotated a bunch of guys. And so I right. think in theory, the feeling was maybe coffee could be kind of similar to that. I don't know. I have no idea what Paul Coffey was making. Um, I do know that develops development's very important. Like Scott Housen kind of headed that up for the non-Bakersfield Condor players. In fact, I think you'd agree, based on the year that Jay Woodcroft had, um, you know, he obviously got the – speaking of culture, he got the culture right yep. down in Bakersfield. And, and I, I'm, I'm here to tell you, if they had Cooper Marodi in the second round of the playoffs – Might win. They, they they probably win that series against San Diego. They lost the first game in game uh, game one in four overtimes right. and lost that series in six overall. Yeah, and Ethan Bear was hurt for most of it as well, and they count on him. Right. So, you know what? They're, these are the things that have to get right. Like, this is the old – this is like the analogy of building your house – 
you know, the Oilers team that you that that we cover and that people watch 41 nights a year here at Rogers, that's like the the attic, right? You know, Bakersfield is like the first floor. And below that, there's still a foundation. And that foundation is development and it's drafting and it's the, how the guys are, are learning how to play and how they're brought, you know, coming into Bakersfield and seeing a proper culture there, Bob. And I want to talk about a guy like Keegan Lowe. You know, let's, let's talk about Keegan Lowe. I doubt he's going to have a long NHL career, Bob. Right? I think it's fair to say that he's played a long time and he's probably just a little short of being in the NHL. Maybe he'll play some. But when you, let's say, when Evan Bouchard shows up in Bakersfield, well, A, he can't go right from London to the NHL and, and go right to the charter plane in the five-star restaurant. He goes to Bakersfield. He slugs it out a bit down there. He rooms with a guy like Keegan Lowe, who's been at it now for how long? When did he get drafted? Oh, he's, he's been minor pro for, off the top of my head, for six years. Maybe, six years. Maybe right. seven. He's in the best shape on that team. I watched him play three games. He's a total warrior down there playing for AHL money and the playoffs, so you're not even getting paid in the AHL in the playoffs. And he's blocking shots. And a guy like Evan Bouchard is looking over at him and going, oh, my God, this guy's been in the minors for six years. He is in great shape. He's playing his rear end off. That's how a young player learns. Well, I'll take it one step further. Like, I did not understand why the Edmonton Oilers made the combination of moves to bring in Brandon Manning and Alex Petrovich when the drop-off to me with Keegan Lowe... Right. That's fair. And your friend Ryan Stanton out of St. Albert. I mean, those two guys, how much better were... were, Not much better. Was Petrovich a third-round draft choice? And was Manning... Drake Kajula better no. than to to not just call up a no. couple of veteran guys that have been slugging it out for the last oh, and year and, and a half. There again, if you can give Keegan Lowe a few games, like honestly, people, I, I, it was it was really cool to spend three games around Bakersfield because that's one of the things yeah. you saw. This guy went in the dressing room after what the overtime game that they won, and him and Stanton were both sitting there. And this isn't the old Islander story and Gretz and Mess walking by, but I walked up and was chatting with them. These two guys were beat to hell yeah. after an AHL playoff game. Well, and we should mention Keegan has another year left in his deal. Uh, the makeup of the Oilers' defense, because I wanted to circle back to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be intrigued to see what happens here. Again, the Oilers finished the year with the final 24 games. Clefbaum Larson, and Larson had a very tough year. Uh, Nurse with Russell, and then obviously Sekera with Benning. Uh, Joel Person coming over from Sweden. Yep. It's my belief, Great Joel. shot. He's 25. He's not 2021. 20, He's an older kid. He's got a different dimension to his game, and the Oilers need that dimension. He can really transition the puck. I listened to your interview yesterday with uh, Joachim Nygaard, and yeah. he spoke very highly of his of Yeah, and, you know, Swedish defensemen traditionally, I mean, I'll they, take all, them. they all grow up wanting to be Nick Lidstrom, I'll right, take so one. they can move the puck. So. Well, the Oilers have two already, yes. and uh, would they take a third? If he can play, they sure would. Yeah, well, and it just it's another dimension as a right shot. I think we're going to see two new defensemen here next year, okay. and it wouldn't suggest it wouldn't surprise me if those two new guys were Caleb Jones and Joel Person, and okay. Lagason might even be here as a seven, which might box out a guy like Ravel getting resigned or Petrovich, somebody like that. So well, those guys for sure. The question I have is is up the lineup a little bit, like Chris Russell. If Chris Russell was a right hand shot, I'm not sure we'd be talking about this, but it's getting more and more difficult with the speed of the game for a defenseman to play his offside. And Russell's done a good job of it, but uh, to me, you got to move out a left side defenseman and get in a right shot. And he could be that candidate, Bob. 
All right, uh, you can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Here we go. Let's get to some text on our Heartland Ford text line. Bob, are you allowed to talk positively on Keegan Lowe? I mean, we're in the uh, – his family is a meme area with the old boys club. Some in the city might be angry if you're positive about Keegan Lowe. Well, that's an unfortunate part of uh, where we're at at times. The loudest are often heard first. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers now. Uh, email us, oilersnow at 630.com. Bob, I, one comment I liked about Dave Tippett is Tippett will design a system to fit the players that he has. Well, I, I think we're about to find that out. Yes. Right? I think we're about to find that out. And his teams in Dallas early scored. Then they got a little bit older and longer of tooth. Yes. This guy made the playoffs eight of the first nine years. He's a head coach in the, in the NHL. He was coach of the year one year in Arizona. Yes. Taking over from Wayne Gretzky, by the way, when he went into uh, Arizona. The last five years, the uh, Coyotes did make it. It was interesting with John Chaka. I know you're not into the analytics. You mm-hmm. you have time for it, but sure you're, not, for it. you're not waving the pom-poms for it. I would suggest to you that the one thing that interests about Chick is he's never been published. Like a lot of these other analytics types out there, the Tyler Dellos of the world, who I'm pretty sure you're been published, yeah. You're first on his uh, mailing list each year for Christmas cards. Uh, those guys have all been published. So I'm Well, gonna... but Chick is a GM. Those guys haven't been GMs. No, but the point I'm making is he sort of came out of nowhere. He had this little analytics business that okay. provided raw data at 25, but he was yep. not a like he was not a guy that was slaving away at it for five or six or seven years. So pretty interesting scenario. And the Coyotes, by the way, they had they made a pretty good run this year in the second half of the season, well, despite massive injuries. Now. I want to read you a stat that uh, comes courtesy of our group at Sportsnet Stats that I had requested and just received. Uh, we're talking to Dave Tippett today about how, you know, you're talking about um, uh, making a system and a structure around the guys that you have and, and working with, you know, the rest of the ingredients you have and make a good recipe. Well, how many years did Dallas uh, and Arizona, there's a lot of years there where we thought, you know, the orders shouldn't be having trouble with these teams, but they did, right? Tippett's teams owned this Oilers team for a long time. You want to know what the record is, Bob? Tippett's overall regular season record against the Oilers, 46-14-7. And And add a four-game sweep to that in the playoffs. 50-16-7 overall. That's his record against the Oilers. 50-16-7. I know a guy who's worked in this market for a while who uses the term, they beat that team for fun. (laughs) I'm Tippett's beat this team for fun. And you're talking about Ronnie Lowe. <laughs> That's what Ronnie Lowe would have said. <laughs> it's amazing. Like, remember that long streak against Arizona? They weren't very good. The Oilers could never beat them. This text comes in, Bob. Uh, does something around Brandon Manning for uh, uh, James Reimer make sense? Get rid of the Manning contract for something useful. Florida buys out Manning for cap space for Bobrovsky. Um, or a higher price defenseman. Just. Throwing that out there, I mean, there's still. I I, I got to check on James Reimer. I think he has. He might have three years still left at three point six million. I do think James Reimer can. He, I I he, he. I know a couple of years ago he was at nine twenty. Then he dropped the last couple of years. Nine hundred save percentage this past year. He had a tough year. Mm-hmm. They're going to keep Luongo there. It's obvious they're the front runners to get Bobrovsky. Um, and I do think oh. the, the Oilers need a goaltender that can play at least thirty to forty games for me. Yes. To, to ride with Koskinen, especially given the Western Conference. It is 12.57 in Edmonton. 
Hey, should we open up the phone lines? Yeah, that's Let's find fun. out what people think. You can reach us on a River Cree Resort Casino hotline, 780-496-0063. Off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.